Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again coming to you in your living room, your vehicle, however you're listening, however you're watching. Praise God. And again, we just like to say thank you uh, for the privilege of being able to speak the Word of God to you and uh, just for taking the time to connect with us and listen in, praise God, and receive uh, the message. Praise God. We're just grateful for that. Again, I'm in, uh, uh, in an empty building ministering the Word to you, I'm believing Praise God, we're on the downhill side of this thing, at least uh, that's what we're all uh, praying for and believing for. Uh, so anyway, what we're going to do today, we're going to go right straight into, the, uh, into our uh, offering time. It's a Sunday service, so we're going to go ahead and do the offering time. And I'm going to come out of Proverbs chapter 8, please. Proverbs chapter 8. And I'm going to go to verse 17, and it says this. I love those who love me. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Now, you know, first you quickly read that, you think that's just the Lord Himself talking, but what it is, it's the spirit of wisdom talking, all right? It's the spirit of wisdom talking. This whole chapter basically is wisdom speaking to us, all right? So again, verse 17, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I traverse, or it literally means to walk about, I traverse uh, the way of righteousness, all right? And uh, in the, uh, pardon me, I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice. And it says this, that I may cause those, I love this, I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth. So in other words, obviously you got to have, you know, love's about a relationship, okay? So you got to have this relationship with wisdom, right? That I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. Now that sounds like a pretty good promise, but what it's asking for you or asking of you is to love wisdom. You know, the Scripture says that wisdom is the principal thing. Chapter 4 and verse uh, 7, I believe it is, says that, that wisdom is the principal thing. Amen. And all you're getting, get it. Get wisdom. Get understanding, right? It's necessary. Now, let's define wisdom real quick. Wisdom is defined as the ability to live life skillfully, the ability to use knowledge, information, and data rightly, all right? It's usually a combination of discernment, of judgment, Tact and timing, all right? Wisdom is how to successfully deal with practical affairs of daily life, amen, whether we're talking about people, talking about business, talking about the pressures in life or whatever's going on in everyday living. Now, the reason I'm bringing this out today is that if you love wisdom, guess what? It's going to fill your treasuries. There's all kinds of promises uh, attached to wisdom. All right, so when you're seeking wisdom, somebody says, well, uh, you know, how do you get wisdom? Well, one of the ways uh, James 1 brings out, if you lack wisdom, ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. In other words, he ain't going to hold nothing back, but you got to ask for it. Amen. Hallelujah. You could seek it through scriptures. You're going to find like Proverbs, for instance. Proverbs is filled with wisdom. All right, just, uh, just daily uh, practical things that you can do. Amen. To walk in the wisdom of God. Amen. Uh, Colossians 1 is a, a key verse I like is in verses 9 and 10 in there. It just says that uh, to ask Him, amen, uh, that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might have, here we go, that you might have a walk worthy of Him, fully pleasing to Him and fruitful in every good work. Now, the reason I'm bringing all this out is because when you start thinking about the wisdom of God and the area of finance, okay, God is trying to lead us. God is trying to show us things. God is trying to um, lead us and guide us in, in just simple everyday matters, show you when to do this, when not to do it, because it's about timing. It's about tact. It's about even creativity, and uh, the Word even talks about witty inventions. All of this is coming from the wisdom of God. So when you're beginning to move forward in the area of your finance, your business, uh, you know, just practical matters wrapped around uh, your finance, okay, understand that the spirit of wisdom is there to help you. Amen. 
Now, of course, the first thing he's going to say is, you know, you got to, you got to, you know, get involved, you know, so you can't, you can't, uh, you know, just not sow or not tithe or not give and, and expect that all this stuff's going to work for you because it won't. Okay, you got you to apply this. But at the same time, now the spirit of wisdom is there to walk you through things, to show you what to get involved with, what business deal to connect with, uh, when to do this, when not to do this, whether or not to agree with this or not agree with this. There's all kinds of stuff that wisdom is there to help you with it, praise God. Now, I took a couple extra minutes on that, but the idea is to really, uh, you know, when you're just everyday living, don't get so caught up in mundane uh, things in, in, in life and then just forget to seek God about, you know, applying things. God might give you a whole new creative idea to do something. Might give you, as I mentioned, a witty invention, something that, that might all of a sudden turn things around and all of a sudden your finances is heading where it needs to be, praise God. And that's the idea of it. And that's the cool thing about the wisdom of God. So if you got your seed, if you're, you're there, uh, kind of like uh, we ask uh, every time, to, if you got your, your, your tithe, your offering, praise God. And uh, again, for those local, you might be mailing yours in or bringing it in, but you might be out and about. You might be in some other country right now and saying, I want to be a part of that, praise God. Well, you do some online giving there, praise God. We appreciate it. We're thankful for that. But mainly what we want is for you to walk in the blessing in, in its fullness. Amen. So grab that tithe, that offering, whatever it is, and as a point of contact, let's agree together in prayer, all right? Father, I give you praise and glory right now for the faithfulness and the willingness of your people, their faithfulness to honor you with their increase and of their abundance, praise God. I thank you, Lord God, that they're looking to you in the area of finance to follow you in the wisdom of God. And I thank you, Lord God, for the promises attached to our giving. I thank you, Lord God, for the tither, the windows of heaven are open over them, pouring out such blessing, it overtakes them, it overwhelms them. It's more than enough, praise God. Thank you, Lord God. How do they walk in their inheritance? They inherit wealth that it fills their treasuries. They inherit the land and dwell in it forever, praise God. They walk in the inheritance of the saints in the light, praise God. I thank you, Lord God, hallelujah, not only for their harvest, not only for their inheritance, but, Lord, for the fullness of the blessing. Hallelujah, incomplete manifestation. Blessed when they go in, blessed when they go out, blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed in all that they put their hands to. I thank you they're the lenders and not the borrowers, that they owe no man nothing but to love them, praise God. That no matter what kind of debt's there, we pray right now for debt cancellations, early payoffs, debt eliminations, praise God, whatever it takes to cause them to walk free from debt. Father, I give you praise of the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. That even when the enemies are coming at them one way, praise God, they're defeated before their very faces, praise God. And I give you the praise that they walk in the fullness of the blessing, praise God. Thank you, Lord. All grace abounds toward them. Hallelujah. They have all sufficiency in all things and an abundance for every good work. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, please. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And today I'm going to talk about a proven character. I'm probably going to focus today a little bit on a kingdom principle uh, that of just taking heed to ourselves. Learning to stop and just look inward once in a while, taking heed, amen, giving attention, uh, giving regard paying attention, giving an ear, giving your mind to things, how things are going, how are things flowing in your own life, where you're at, where you're not, what needs to change, what, uh, what needs to uh, be adjusted or whatever. These are just things that are just, it just goes a long ways. If you just learn to stop, take heed to yourself. Now, we're not talking about condemning yourself. You know, we all make some mistakes, and, and if you don't watch it, pretty soon you're beating yourself up, and, and you're going down some other road now, and you're letting the enemy just... Uh, waylay you a little bit. And we're not talking about that. We're not talking about coming under guilt and condemnation, okay? But we are talking about learning to stop and take a look, all right? Because we're called to walk with a proven character, all right? And the only way that's going to happen, okay, is that you're going to have to stop once in a while and take heed to some things, all right? God will never force Himself on anybody. He will never make you do anything, all right? You have to yield you have to submit yourself to that. You have to let him lead 
and you have to follow the leading. Amen. And if God begins to uh, communicate things, and that's why when you stop and take heed to some things, what it is is you're allowing Him to begin to speak to you about areas of your life. And if you do that, praise God and follow that, then what happens is it makes you uh, an individual that's, that, that can do more, that can fulfill the callings and the giftings. Uh, as we're going to find out here, you become that, that useful vessel for God, praise God. Amen. So let's look at verse 15. We'll kind of read through this, all right? Verse 15 says this, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Now, the one translation says, concentrate on doing your best for God. I kind of like that. It's kind of a cool way of saying it. Anyway, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and idle babblings. That just means wicked and fruitless uh, discussions. Uh, your cross-reference might even say, uh, empty chatter, all right? So in other words, guard what you're, uh, the conversations you're getting in here, okay? Uh, it says, for they will increase to more ungodliness. In other words, it, it just it spreads, okay? And it says, and their message will spread like cancer. There you go. Hymenius and Philetus, okay, are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overflow the faith of some. In other words, they're, they have a certain per perspective on something that's off and wrong, and as a result of it, they're sitting there talking it amongst people and becoming a negative influence uh, on the lives of other people. Now, keep that in mind, okay? Now, how would you like to have your name mentioned in the Word of God as one that caused others to stray? Uh, no thanks, all right? But, but nevertheless, we have a couple people here uh, mentioned. All right, let's go to verse 19 now. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Now, the word iniquity sometimes might be referred to as sin, but it really refers to a wrongfulness of character or a wrongfulness of, um, what is it here, uh, of action, I think is the, what it's defined as. So a wrongfulness of character or a wrongfulness of action. Okay, so keep that in mind, all right? But in a great house, verse 20, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses or purges himself from the latter, he's talking about the dishonor here, okay? So in other words, there was some for honor and some for dishonor, but if you cleanse yourself from that which is dishonorable, reproach, disgrace, shameful. That's kind of what that word refers to. If you will cleanse or purge yourself from the latter, it says then he, talking about you as a vessel for God, right? He will be a vessel for honor. So in other words, if you remove the dishonor, you can become now a vessel for honor. But then it says if you become a vessel for honor, it says then sanctified and useful for the master. The word sanctified uh, means set apart, all right? But it, with the reason it says that, though, not just that, you know, you're just something thrown off to the side. It means that you're not normal. You're not average, see? You're set apart. You're, you're different, all right? So you're set apart, and then it says, and useful for the master. Let me define that. The word useful means profitable, all right? Easily used. And it refers to being useful like a special tool. Now, let me bring that up to you in just a second here. So sanctified and useful for the master, which is then what? Prepared, all right? And that word prepared means developed, equipped, made ready, right? Or made fit, all right? Prepared for every good work. Now, everybody wants that, okay? All right, I want to be that vessel for honor, that's sanctified and useful for the master, that specialty tool. A lot of times I bring this out when I, when I read this text. I, I talk about like if you had a... Uh, you know, if you got a, a tool shed or some kind of thing like that, you know, I've got a shop at home, uh, uh, mostly consists of stuff with woodworking, and so I got a lot of equipment and a lot of specialty tools. Some tools are just your normal tool. You use it, uh, you know, like a hammer or a pliers, things like that can be just a normal, maybe basic tool. But then you got those specialty tools, you know, that are only made for specific purpose. All right. They only are used when you're doing this or you're doing that. I mean, so there, it's a specialty tool. <clears throat> now, he's bringing out here that when you become that vessel for honor because you've set aside the dishonorable, dishonorable stuff, 
you've set aside the shameful things, the disgraceful thing, in other words, things that we don't necessarily want to talk about or don't want to have in our lives, but when you set that apart, when you, and it says this, when you cleanse or purge yourself from this stuff, okay, now listen, you become now a vessel for honor. You become now that set-aside tool, that specialty tool that's useful for the master. You're ready and prepared for every task or whatever it is that, that he has need of. Amen. So everybody wants to be that specialty tool. We all want to be the one that God reaches in, so to speak, into that tool shed and grabs, uh, grabs you as that specialty tool to use for a specific purpose. We all want that, but not everybody is useful. All right, now that's kind of a hard, might sound like a hard statement. Okay, not everybody's set apart and useful for the master because they don't take the time to purge or cleanse themselves from the stuff that needs to be gone. Now, the only way that's going to happen in anybody's life is you're going to have to look inward and make adjustments at, at times. God is never going to force himself on you on anything. I mean, I mean, we think we'd figure that out by now, right? I mean, if God was going to force us to do anything, I mean, we'd already done it. If God was going to make everybody serve him and make everybody come, uh, come into the kingdom, uh, we'd all be saved now. We'd all be uh, already, already gone home by now, amen, and be all having a, uh, you know, a party in heaven, praise God. But you know as well as I do, not everybody's accepted Christ and not everybody's serving God like, like they should. And so there's a lot of things out there that we see. Now, again, we're not here to point uh, at all the negatives. That's not our point. The point is, is that uh, to get you uh, as a child of God, as a vessel of God, amen, let's maybe just look at it that way, as a vessel of God, we want you to be an honorable vessel, a vessel that can be set aside, amen, and made useful for the master, ready for any kind of job uh, that, that God may have for you, praise God. We want you to be that vessel. So the way that's going to happen is you're going to have to look inward on some things, make some adjustments, amen, but you've got to be willing to take heed. You've got to be willing to look inward, all right? So let's go back up to verse 15, and we're going to kind of take this verse and dissect it a little bit, hopefully to bring out a little uh, or so, something we can glean from here. Okay, verse 15 says, Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God. Be diligent. Now, the, uh, the old King James uses a, it says it kind of like this. It says, uh, study to show yourself approved. All right. And then, you know, at the end, of course, it's talking about rightly dividing the word of truth. So a lot of times people might speed read through that and think it's just talking about be a good student of the word. You know, make sure you study the Bible. And, and, and we're not taken away from that. That's that it, you do need to be a student of the word and you do need to rightly divide the word. Amen. Uh, we're not we're not taken away from that, but we're trying to show you that that it has a little bit deeper meaning than just be a student in the Bible. OK, of the Bible. All right. So let's take a look at it. So diligence is defined as being prompt or earnest or active about something. It does use the word studious. And that's probably why the old King James uses that word. Okay, studious, but it's referring to being tenacious or industrious or motivated. Okay, okay so be uh, diligent, it says, to present yourself approved to God. To present yourself. That word present means to show, to exhibit, to provide some proof or evidence of something. All right, to substantiate or confirm. So he's saying you have to be diligent, okay? You have to be uh, industrious, studious, tenacious, motivated. Come on, to show yourself, come on, approved to God. The word approved means uh, to be uh, proper, okay? Or acceptable or accountable, all right? It's not trying to get God uh, to like you better or, or love you more. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about you present yourself accountable before God. You present yourself tried and proven before God, okay? The word means to be proven by repute and character. Okay, let me define character real quick. Character is defined as an account of qualities that identifies a person. So when somebody says that person has good character, well, what they're going off of is certain qualities about them that they've noticed, okay? Now, get this, okay? Okay, there's things about that person's life that you notice that determines their character. 
Now, somebody says, well, I don't like anybody, you know, you know, analyzing me or, or judging me or, you know, or, or watching me or whatever, uh, because I don't want, you know, people making, you know, some kind of judgment. on. Well, let's, listen, listen, we all do it. And, and you can say all day long, I don't like anybody looking at me, but you got to understand that's just going to happen because that's how people determine the character of individuals. Okay, if you're somebody prone to lie all the time, well, then that, what that does now, that, that, that look at you as somebody that, you know, they see you as somebody that lies all the time, all right? Or you cheat or, or whatever, whatever, okay? Uh, you know, the way you act at this and do this, they, they take that in, into consideration, and then that determines a character, all right? Now, somebody said, well, I, I, don't, I don't like that, you know? Well, you know, um, that's kind of tough because that's kind of how it is. Now, here's the deal. You know, our walk in God, uh, is, is, is a personal thing, okay? No doubt about it. It's personal, but it's never private, okay? Our, how we commune with God and fellowship with God and pray and meditate His Word and, 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 and then glean by the Spirit of God and, and stuff is, all, is a, very, a very personal thing, but it's not a private thing. You just have to understand, see, you're the salt. You're the light. You're the difference maker. The word's real clear. We're even going to see a verse or two here. You're the example that people are going to follow. So you can't just get mad when everybody's looking at you and, and then they kind of stack you up a certain way. What you got to do is determine to give them something good to look at. Now, the only way that's going to happen is you're going to have to, you know, be quick to, uh, you, know, to you know, show yourself approved. So that means you're going to have to take a, an inward look once in a while and make adjustments. Now, the Spirit of God's there to help you do it, all right? I mean, it ain't like God's leaving you all alone, but He's just, but you, you're the one that initiates, uh, you know, this, and you're the one that, that gives God place to make change and make, uh, make adjustments in your life. You know, it'd be great if we just said, God, just change everything about my life, make me like I'm supposed to be. Well, that'd be wonderful, and then you're going to turn around the next minute, and you're going uh, to do what you always do, Okay. So it's, it's, you got to stop and be willing to look inward, amen, and then allow some change to happen, amen. Kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit. Okay, let's look on here. So be diligent to present yourself approved to God. It says a worker who does not need to be ashamed. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, a worker is referring to a, work, uh, a workman, okay, a laborer. Uh, speaks even uses a, in the defines out as a even like a teacher or one in, in charge or one in uh, that's kind of heading up something one that carries out a task carries out a, a certain job or duty or some kind of thing okay so you got to remember now in context he's talking to Timothy who is a leader of that of that church okay so we kind of take in mind that's he's kind of talking to somebody who is in charge here. But even to you and me, as somebody called of God, we got gifts and callings, anointings in our life to do certain things. Amen. So you have to take this just, just as much to heart as Timothy would have to. All right. So a worker or workman um, who does not need to be ashamed. Okay. Irreproachable is what it means. In fact, I think it's the, I believe it's the Young's literal translation, translation brings out a workman without uh, reproach or something like that or irreproachable, okay? So it just means, uh, you know, you got nothing. People can't look at you and say, oh, that guy's got all kinds of issues, all right? So it's talking about being somebody that, that is not ashamed, okay? Okay, a life beyond embarrassment, that word also means, uh, without question or reproach or ill repute, okay? So um, what it's talking about, okay, is you're, you're that individual, Okay, that is, uh, you know, walking without all these issues in your life. Uh, you've you've already cleansed yourself uh, from uh, from all the uh, you know the stuff, the uh, dishonor. Um, you're not hooked up in all the iniquity, all that mess we talked about earlier. Amen. Instead, praise God. You're you're giving God room to do something. Amen. And so you have a good character here. Okay, that's what he's talking about. A character beyond reproach. Okay, hallelujah. Now, um, let's see here. Let's go to a little bit further in the verse here. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So what does that mean? Okay, 
It talks about, uh, of course, being uh, an, to accurately dissect or analyze something. It means literally to take the small parts that make up the whole, okay? And uh, it means to also r- to rightly walk. So now the reason I'm bringing this up, because a lot of times, like I said, you might speed read that verse and think it's just talking about, you know, rightly dividing, you know, word concerning our doctrine or something, okay? Now, we're not taken away from that, okay? But how many know it's not about how much doctrine you can quote? It's about how much you can live. It's not about how much right word, uh, you know, uh, things that you can quote. It's about how much of it you live. That's what he's bringing out here. So you're, you're, it's, it's about being a student of not only just, you know, connecting with the word, but you're looking inward saying, okay, how much of this needs to get in here? How much of this in here needs to be adjusted or changed? Because the idea is to get down, you know, like to the bottom of this text here and say, I'm, I'm now set apart and useful for the master. I can be that specialty tool that God could use for any task that he might have. All right. And like I said earlier, and again, we're not, we're not, you know, trying to scold anybody. We're not trying to hammer on anybody. That's not our point. Our point is not to try to bring out all the negatives. Our point is this, okay, everybody wants to be that specialty tool, including you. We all want to be that one, okay? Well, then you got to be willing to be that, okay? Then you, you got to be willing to cleanse yourself from all the dishonor, all, all the stuff that could bring shame or uh, irrepute or whatever it is, okay? Uh, so all, all these things that, that need to be adjusted, then make the adjustments, okay? That's what it's asking here, okay? So you're taking this word and you're, you're kind of stacking it up with your life and say, okay, am I, am I that person? Am I a vessel that God could use? Now, if you, you feel in your heart you're not that vessel, well, again, we're not here to, you know, we're not saying, okay, now come under condemnation and guilt about it. We're just saying, then make some changes. But you got to look inward and say, you know what? I need to change that. Um, a lot of times, you know, just in, in everyday uh, things about ministry, you know, um, you know, we can get going along and get kind of stuck in a rut. and We don't watch it pretty soon. We're, we're doing things just because that's just the way we always done it, you know. And, uh, you know, especially through all this time, uh, the last month or so here that we've been dealing with some of this other stuff, you know, it makes you take a look at some things. It makes you reevaluate something and look at this different or can we make uh, do this different or should we do this different or something. And all that's just, it's all sometimes a good thing because you stop and you reevaluate things. You stop and you're, you look at things. You, uh, you uh, analyze it. You assess it and then say, okay, is this, is this something we still need to keep doing or, or should we change this? Should we make Make this better. I think regardless, we should always be trying uh, to walk in an area of excellence and make things as good or, or better and better and better. Anything we can do to make things uh, better, I think, is a good thing. All right? So praise the Lord. So be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Praise God. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, let's go back to 1 Timothy, if we will, and let's take a look at some things. And I hope I'm not boring you with all this, but, you know, a lot of times you get on subjects like this, it's not probably one of those topics that you're going to run around the room and say, yeehaw, you know, and, uh, but it is something that you got to hear, and, and at times you got to just get real with yourself about it. And, uh, you know, I was thinking... Um, uh, just something kind of jumps at me at the moment here. Um, uh, you know, you think about the armor of God, for instance, okay? And, and the whole thing is put the armor on because you have, you, have uh, you know, an enemy, okay, that's, that's coming after you. Now, my fight's not with flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I mean, that's just what it brings out there in Ephesians 6. But then it starts listing pieces of armament, right? And the first thing it mentions is the belt of truth. Now, again, people might speed read that and think it's, well, he's talking about the Word. No, later on he talks about take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So that's, that becomes your weapon, okay? But the belt of truth is something a little different. 
talking about, it literally means to be real, okay? To be true or to be real. And it talks about, it's talking about your character. It's talking about, again, it's talking about uh, no facade. You got to be real. See, reason being is because you're facing your enemy. And if you're not going to be real from the get-go, you're already playing around in the wrong field there. I mean, he's already got an in-row. You ain't going to beat the enemy if you're playing his game. You know, he's the one that's uh, deceiving and manipulative and all that. So if you're going you're gonna to be deceptive and you're going to be, uh, you know, somebody that's not being real, you got a hidden agenda and facade, all that kind of stuff, you have to understand right off the get-go, you're in trouble. Because you're, you're trying to, like, in a sense, fight fire with fire. You know, you're trying, in a sense, to, uh, you know, uh, to beat the enemy by using his tactics. Well, that ain't going to work. All right? So that's why you got to put on the bell of truth first. You got to get real. And this is what we're talking about. You got to get real. You got to be willing to look at your life and say, you know what? I need to change my attitude. Or I, I, you know what? I've got, I've got a personal agenda here that's not right. Or I need, to, I need to stop acting that way or stop talking that way or stop uh, getting caught up, you know, in these uh, conversations and stuff that they shouldn't have, have no business being involved in or something. I mean, there's all kinds of things, okay, that we can talk about. And again, it's not to just to bring out a bunch of negative things. It really comes down to this, okay? You got you to gotta look inward once in a while and say, okay, am I where I, where, am I, where I need to be in God? Or do I need to make some changes? And when you do that and begin to look to God concerning these things, guess what? He'll be there to help you, all right, and walk you through it. But you got to initiate it. That's why it says you have to cleanse yourself, all right? Amen. You got to show yourself. That's, what, that's your task to do, okay, your part. And here in, in chapter 4 of 1 Timothy, it looks like I've been getting kind of preachy here, uh, chapter 4. Uh, verse 12 says, let no one despise your youth. And again, he's talking to Timothy in, in, uh, you, know, in, you know, in context here. And he's talking about, you know, not uh, the word youth there is referring to, you know, from where you came from or your newness of age. It kind of deals. So it's the same thing with you. You know, you can't, nobody can hold where you came from or your age. That, that has nothing to do with it. Okay. But he goes on, but be an example. So regardless of what you came out of, where you come from, your background, your age, your color, your education, uh, your, uh, you know, your financial status, we could go on and on and on. There's all kinds of things out there that people look at and determine certain things. But as far as God's concerned, amen, he says no matter where you come, he says you can still be an example. You can be a difference maker no matter what you've come from and what you come out of. All right. So it goes on, be an example to the believers. And then it mentions some things, okay, in word. It just talks about with your mouth, okay? These are just things to look at, okay? Am I, uh, you know, uh, am I saying things I shouldn't be saying? Am I talking doubt and unbelief? Uh, am, I, am I speaking things over my life or over my family or over, over, you know, whatever, my business that shouldn't, I shouldn't be saying or something, okay? So be an example in word. In conduct means actions, okay? So you, you stop and you take a look at your actions once in a while, okay? Is this something that, that's, present, that's right? You know, is it, is it uh, uh, something that, I'm, that I'd, I'm ashamed of or something that, that's honorable? You know, honorable or dishonorable? Is it something that needs to be changed or made different? Then let's do it, praise God. Again, no condemnation, just these are things to look at, all right? Uh, in love, that just means really when you bring it out, it brings out an attitude, that's a lot of times, that's right there. We might have a lot of other stuff going on, but our attitude might stink, you know. Well, then maybe you need to re- reevaluate, okay, how, what you're meditating on, what you're thinking on to get my attitude right, praise God. In spirit, and actually the word there is in spirituals, okay, and it just means spiritual movement. So in other words, you know, am I giving the spirit uh, room to move in my life? Am I allowing the Holy Ghost to speak things? Am I giving attention uh, to uh, the voice of God? Am I letting God, you know, the Spirit of God breathe into me on a day-to-day basis, okay? Am I or am I not doing that? So you may not be doing that, 
Uh, sometimes we get going along in our life and pretty soon we're not, we're living no different than the rest of the world lives, okay? Because we get caught up in, in just everyday life, right? You get up, you go to work, you do this, you go there, you come home, you get your honeydews done, you get this done, that done, back to bed, get up the next day, you do it again. Now you realize you didn't even pause throughout any time of the day to give the Spirit of God room to do anything or to speak anything into your life. So that's what he's talking about. So you got to be an example in that. How about in faith is that word there too. It just means your trust in God. A lot of people say they trust God but don't trust God. Okay, that's, that's just the facts, okay? We say we trust in God because that's what we should say as Christians, okay? But never stop and actually trust God. Believe in God. Put our faith, activate our faith in God, okay? In purity, that just means in character, kind of like what we've been talking about. In character, okay? So do we have a character uh, that's approved uh, to God? Is it a character that's accountable for things, okay? Uh, you know, like I, I mentioned earlier, you know, we might look back in, in, pa- in the past and think, you know, you know, 50 years ago, people just didn't think that way. You know, people just didn't act that way. People j- were more accountable for what they did and what they said, uh, you know, and, and, you know, our society is just, you know, going to hell in a handbasket or whatever people say, you know. Well, you know, you have to know this first and foremost, that the word's pretty clear that, you know, as, as the days go on, it will get darker and darker but not for the church. The word says the church gets brighter and brighter. So the point being, as I said earlier, I'm saying it again, okay, the point is you're the people. You're the ones called to be the vessel for honor that's sanctified and useful for the master. Amen. You're the one, amen, that that is taking an inward look and making the adjustments necessary that regardless of how everybody else talks, that's not how you talk. Regardless of how everybody else acts, that's not how you act. Regardless of how everybody else responds, that's not how you respond. But you know, you got to be willing to look at your life because if you don't watch it pretty soon, you're doing the same thing everybody else is. You know, who is them? And two gentlemen mentioned there in 2 Timothy, you know, saying that because of they got caught up with all this other stuff and pretty soon they become a negative influence to people. Well, man, nobody wants to be guilty of that mess. Not you, not me, not nobody, really. Amen. So how does that start? Well, I'll tell you how it starts. It starts by not stopping once in a while and taking a look, by taking heed to some things. All right? I'm getting ahead of myself. Here we go. Verse 13 of chapter 4, okay, 1 Timothy 4, 13. Till I come, give attention. There we go. Give attention here. You have to do it to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. So there it says, here it's saying, you know, got to stay in the word. Verse 14, do not neglect the gift that is in you. In other words, you've got callings, you've got gifting, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Now, if you remember, that's what happened with Timothy. They, had, they laid hands on him, they prophesied over him, and they commissioned him to go into the ministry. Okay, now maybe, maybe you've had that happen. Or maybe you haven't, but you know you've got gifts, you've got calling. So whether, you've, whether all of this has happened to you or not, regardless, you have to take heed to the fact that, you know what, I'm still called of God to do something, all right? So I have to acknowledge the fact that in order for that to happen, I've got to be aware of the fact that, you know, how I conduct myself, how I walk this thing, am I being an example or not, all right? Anyway, verse 15, meditate on these things, Give yourself entirely to them that, here we go, that your progress may be evident to all. So there you go again. Another thing saying it, you know, you're the light, you're the salt, you're the difference maker, you're the example. All right. So you could say, I don't want, I'm just going to be a hermit and go live in some cave somewhere because I don't want people uh, looking at me or watch. Listen, 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 that ain't how you live. Not as a child of God. You're out there, you're seen. It, it, that's the way it works. Okay. So you just got to give them something good to look at. All right? Just purpose. If you do these things, then what you're doing is you're giving them something to look at that's right, and it gives an example of how to do this thing, how to do this thing right. All right? Verse 16, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. All right? Well, you say, well, why why does that mean uh, it'll save uh, all those who hear us? Well, because... Uh, you become that example, okay? Now, character 
uh, years ago heard this said, character makes trust possible. In other words, uh, your character, okay, if it's good character, people can look at that and say, okay, they, they can trust that, that individual because of their character. See, it'll make a difference. Now, if, you're, if it's not, then what happens is, okay, it's, it's, it's a negative effect, okay? Uh, another thing that, that I've seen through the Scriptures is the Word talks about a sphere of influence, okay? Your sphere of influence is dependent on your character, okay? So if you got good character, that sphere of influence, uh, you know, can, can increase, all right? It's talking about a, a, a sphere of influence for God, okay? Now, there's a negative sphere of influence. There ain't no doubt about it. But you as a child of God, you, you know, you listening and watching today, amen, that, that ain't you. That's not the kind of influence you want. We want a godly influence. Well, how does, that, how does that increase? How do we become that sanctified, that set aside, set apart, uh, useful for the master uh, vessel? How do we become that, praise God? Well, it, it happens by you taking a look, amen, making adjustments and changes so that character becomes a proven character before God and before others, praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. The scriptures, uh, let me just give you a few references. 1 Corinthians 10 brings out, uh, let him who thinks he stands uh, take heed lest he fall. Okay, so, uh, you know, that just means this. That, you know, you could be all day, you know, looking at somebody else's life saying, well, there's a reason that's happening in their life. He says, listen, you better take heed to your own life so you don't become the one that, that's falling down and stumbling and, you know, having all kinds of problems and issues yourself. All right, just... You know, it's amazing sometimes. I just, this just kind of hits me, you know, how we can sometimes look at individuals and not have a problem, you know, determining, you know, an individual's character by how they, you know, how they act. The Word says you know them by their fruit, right? And we don't have any problem really looking at somebody else and saying, well, you could tell by this and that, and that's probably why this and that's why that. But then, but then when it comes time to our own life, we get a little upset that some, how dare they look at us, Right. Now, he's just saying here, listen, you know, you got to, you know, if you're, you're looking at somebody else and seeing their life, take heed to yourself because you're, you're going to open the door and that same old mess is going to happen to you. Okay, well, how do you avoid that? Well, taking heed to yourself. Amen. Take a look at that. I mean, sometimes it's just, you just stop and say, you know what, I'm just being a little too critical here. I'm going to knock that off. You know, or sometimes I, I, I'm giving my thoughts over to the wrong thing. or I'm giving my, my words over to the wrong, my attitude to the wrong. I, now I'm going to change that. Amen. I'm going to make adjustments for that. Amen. Colossians 4 says, take heed. It actually is addressing somebody. He says, he's telling them to take heed to the ministry. He goes on to say that you may fulfill it. Amen. So I'm thinking about this. That kind of goes back to we started this thing, you know, in 2 Timothy there, that if you want to be the vessel that's useful, made ready for, for any task uh, at hand, ready for, for whatever God has, amen, then you're going to have to take heed. See, if you want to fulfill what you're called to fulfill, then the only way that's going to happen, okay, is you're going to have to, you're going to have to take a look inward once in a while and make some adjustments. You know, uh, seen a lot of things over the years, okay, and uh, a lot of people have, you know, they come out, they got a lot of, a lot of charisma, uh, they, you know, a uh, lot of pizzazz, a lot of, you know, maybe they got uh, a great gifting in their life you know it's obvious you can look at them and say that man god's gonna do something great with that individual just by the the way they conduct themselves the way they do things all right and you can have a you can have a, a charisma that can take you places that your character can't keep you all right and what i mean by that is that you might have this great charisma that that can move you along in some things but if you don't ever deal with your character somewhere it's gonna it's gonna mess you over Somewhere it's going, you're going to stumble, and then what's happened, instead of being uh, uh, an honorable, respectful uh, thing, it becomes now a dishonorable, disrespect. All this kind of stuff now uh, happens because you wouldn't deal with something. We've seen over the years ministries that have fallen uh, because they didn't deal with something. And don't tell me God wasn't talking to them about it. He was talking to them all along, trying to somehow get them to, to, you know, to look at something in their life. 
And what happened? They just, they just move on and, and, and either uh, suppress it or sweep it back under the rug, or whatever, toss it in the closet, whatever they did. But they, did, they wouldn't take a look inward and make adjustments in those little things. And so they, they don't deal with it. And then down the road, all of a sudden, now it becomes this major issue. And now instead of bringing honor, it brings dishonor. And nobody wants to be, you know, nobody wants to create a black eye for the body of Christ. Nobody wants to do that. But I'll tell you what, if you don't ever deal with something, no matter how much gifting you got, okay, if you don't stop and look inward and, and, and purpose to make whatever adjustments need to happen in your character, okay, in fact, years ago, I had a gentleman, and, and I just use this for an illustration, okay, but um, anyway, he was a gentleman, he, had, he was a prophet, okay, and he operated in a pretty, he had a pretty good gift. It was, it was a pretty, uh, pretty powerful gift. And um, uh, it was uh, impressive, all right? And um, so uh, he's, uh, you know, we had our meetings and he came and, and ministered and did great, great thing in the meetings. And, and then we had, um, we had uh, you know, lunch afterwards, after the meetings. And uh, he's, he's talking and we're all just kind of talking. And, and uh, he makes a statement. He says, you know, there, there's such a, uh, a big thing out there right now about, uh, you know, about your character. He says, I have a hard time with all that. I don't even see what that even, why that even matters. Character don't matter. And I, when he said that, man, I mean, this little, my antenna goes up, you know, I'm going ding, 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 ding. You know, it's like, okay, all right, something ain't right here, all right. And, uh, uh, you know, we just, you know, just obvious, okay. Well, it wasn't long, okay. You get a couple years down the road, the guy's no longer in ministry. Okay, why? Because to him, character didn't matter. Okay? It didn't matter that he, he needs to make some adjustments inside, look inward and make some adjustments. It didn't matter. Just go on because it don't matter. It does too matter. If you want to fulfill what you need to fulfill, if you want to be the useful tool that God can keep reaching in the tool shed and, and grabbing, amen, to use for special things, amen, then these kind of things are important. All right. And again, I know this ain't some fun thing to run around. Yeehaw. But but it is something you got to take heed to. All right. All right. Uh, let's see here. Titus two brings out. It talks about showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. You got to That's again, that's looking inward. If you're going to be an example, you know, if you're going to show forth something, amen. It's talking about you got to be willing to make these adjustments. Let's turn to second uh, Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, I kind of sped through a few of those references, but let's, let's go to 2 Corinthians. And chapter 13, please. In verse 5, it says this, Examine yourself as to whether you're in the faith. You notice it ain't God doing it, it's you doing it, right? Examine yourself, okay? Now granted, again, no condemnation. They ain't here to beat yourself up, but sometimes you need to stop and say, you know, am I really walking in faith? Am I really walking what I say I believe? Okay, am I really talking, you know, what I should be talking? Is my attitude right? Is my, uh, you know, is my, uh, you know, my letting my mind go down places I shouldn't? Am I, my conversation go down places it shouldn't? I mean, all kinds of, am, am I, examine yourself as to whether you're in the faith. And then it says, test yourself. Okay, it just means to prove. It actually, it means to also to scrutinize a little bit. So you're looking at it. And uh, so test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that, Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are, here we go, disqualified. Disqualified. And nobody wants to be disqualified. You know, I, you know, I, I grew up, you know, from an early age, I, I ran track, okay? Uh, you know, did, I mean, early on, okay? I mean, I did just a little kid and used to run junior Olympics and then got into junior high and high school and college and ran both, uh, you know, outdoor and indoor, uh, you know, uh, uh, meets in college and, and uh, you know, so a lot of years involved in this. And I've had, I've had times when I've been disqualified. And uh, because I, 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 maybe I jumped in, my blo in the blocks and I, I jumped too quick and I, uh, and I saw it was, I was disqualified. I couldn't run the race because I did something I shouldn't have done, Okay. That didn't, that didn't, they didn't kick me off the team. It didn't say I'm still not somebody that runs track, but I was disqualified for running that event. I've had times where I finished an event, 
But because I had my, uh, my feet were on riding too much on the line, I stepped too many times on the line, and as a result, a red flag goes up, and I get disqualified. And you know, even the one I'm recalling right now, I even won that race, okay? But I got disqualified because I didn't abide by what I was supposed to abide by. I, I, I had three steps on a line instead of every other step, like you're allowed to do. And so it's just one technicality, but even though um, I finished that race, Okay, I was disqualified from it. Again, I wasn't kicked off the team. I wasn't kicked out of the meet. I was just disqualified from that event. Okay, now just think about that, okay? Okay, when we're talking about something being disqualified, we're not saying that you're, you lost your salvation. We're just saying that you're living a life right now that because of your character, we can't use you in this or do this with you because what happens is it's, it's, it's a wrong example. Okay? Somebody said, well, you're judging me. No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at your life. Actually, what I should say is you need to judge you. In fact, that's one of our references, and uh, it brings out in 1 Corinthians 11 that you judge yourself lest you be judged. Okay? And what that means is to stop and discern within yourself. And there's two words there, judge yourself lest you be judged. So it says you stop, pause, and discern within yourself lest you be judicially judged. Okay? So, again, it's back on you. Okay? If you don't like to be judged, okay, then you have to stop and take a look inside sometimes and say, all right, maybe I need to adjust this or change this. Okay? Amen. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 9 brings out that you discipline yourself lest you become disqualified. You discipline yourself lest you become disqualified. Okay? So again, it's, it's, it's all of these are references dealing with what you need to do, and it starts by looking inward. All right? To take a look inside. All right? And, and, and be willing then as, as the Spirit of God shows you things or helps you with stuff. you got to remember, too, grace is available not to, to keep doing what you're doing. Grace is an empowerment to help you get free from some of that mess, to point you down the road to do what you're called to do or to be what you're called to be, all right? Grace isn't there to just, you know, to, to justify sin, all right, or to make an excuse for sin or to condone sin. Grace is there to empower you so you walk free from that. Okay, all right, uh, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4, and maybe I'll close with this reference. Some of you are probably thinking, praise the Lord, huh? 1 Peter chapter 4, <clears throat> you know, remember, it's not, not about how much truth you know, it's about how much truth you walk, okay? Not about how much doctrine you can quote but how much doctrine you can live. And that's kind of what we're trying to bring out here. And the only way that's going to happen is if you stop once in a while and take a look inside, amen, and then make the, the proper adjustments and changes as necessary. Praise God. Hallelujah. And again, I know I've said this probably a dozen times already, this message. We're not talking about condemning yourself. We're not talking about, uh, you know, coming under guilt and inferiority because you've slipped up uh, more times than you care to account. We're talking about, amen, stopping, leaning on the Spirit of God to help you in it. But if you don't stop at least to look and, and then to make some kind of movement, be diligent to present yourself, okay, approved to God. If you don't, if you don't at least make that kind, of, that kind of movement, okay, God's got nothing to work with. And, you know, again, you know, we, we wish sometimes we think, well, if God would just, just change me, you know, and then you want to go on with life as usual and think that God's just going to change you. It ain't going to happen, okay? You're, sometimes you're going to have to stop and take a look at some things. All right, here's, here's my last reference. Here we go. Chapter 4, 1 Peter, verse 17 says this, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Amen. Look at that. For judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first... 
what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God. And it's just talking about, in other words, if, if it begins with us first, in other words, the priority, the high price or accountability, however you want to word this, it starts with us, okay? It's, it's important that it starts with us, okay? And, and, and that's, that's what he's saying here. It starts here. It starts in the house. It starts with the body of Christ, okay? We can point our fingers at everybody else and say, they need to change. They need to change. No, it starts here. I have found over the years, you know, I remember praying for people and saying, Lord, you know, change them. And, and, and then not feeling like anything, you know, not even feeling like I'm getting any kind of movement uh, in, in the things, any movement, any spiritual movement whatsoever. And then, then I kind of get a little quiet and the Spirit of God says, no, you change. It's like, well, I didn't want to hear that. But then, you know, you stop long enough and, and what you're doing is, see, is you're, you're, you're taking heed. And again, that word to take heed refers to, you know, I'm giving my attention to it, my mind to it, even my ears to it, okay? I, I, I'm, 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 I'm paying attention, so to speak, to what, and pretty soon you start realizing, wait a minute, you're right, I need to change. Now, it's not saying that maybe the other individual didn't need to change, but it starts here first. And you know what? When I made the change, I mean, there's, there's one case in particular, and I know I've used this a lot of times as illustration because it just meant so much. I mean, it just, it just spoke to me, okay? I was praying for somebody, for them to change. And the Spirit of God dealt with me to change. And when I made the change, it's like I saw them different. All of a sudden, I, I, I wasn't seeing them the way I was always seeing them. They didn't get to me like they used to get to me. And because I made the change. Now, ultimately, that person in God, they made some adjustments and changes, and they, they became a, a great uh, child of God. Amen. But it started with me. And this is what he's saying here. And listen, he says, if you ain't going to make the changes, then what, you know, what, what, where, where are we going to go then? What's going to happen? You know, what, what do we got to work? He's saying literally, like, what do we got to work with? If, if you're not willing to make any changes... If you're not willing to look at yourself and make adjustments, what have we got to work with? So we go on every day, another, another week, another month, another year, being no different than we were last year, and then wanting to do something, wanting to be something, wanting to go somewhere, wanting to whatever, and you can want it all day long, but if you're not willing to make the changes and adjustments, you, he may never reach into that tool shed and grab that special tool for that job, or referring to you. He may have to reach over for somebody else. All right? Now, I want you to be, uh, I want you to fulfill your callings. I want you to fulfill your giftings and anointings and things that you're destined to be and do. But this is how this stuff works. This is like, to me, that's why in the beginning I said this is a kingdom principle. It's important. And if you do this right, you, you don't feel you know, riddled with guilt and condemnation. You, you just know that, you know, I need to make changes. And, and usually, you know, it's 50%, you know, 50% of the way by just acknowledging the fact that, you know, I need to make a change here. Okay, and then, then from there, you're letting God now say and do and speak, and, and then pretty soon you're, you're walking free from that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you got something today. Amen. Uh, again, I'm just uh, encouraged that you're connecting with us and listening, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, this, uh, this speaks to you. Amen. And our hearts will take you higher. Praise God. So, Father, we give praise and glory right now for this people. Thank you. They had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Father, I give praise and give glory right now. Hallelujah. That you are growing us up. Praise God. Taking us higher. Making us, praise God, useful for the master. Praise God. And, Father, I give you the praise and the glory for it. Forgive us for the times that maybe we didn't deal with these things. But thank you, Lord, for the grace, the empowerment, hallelujah, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the things necessary, praise God, to, to walk in victory in these areas. And I thank you for all of it, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Now, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, this is where it starts, man. Right here, this is where the big change happens. By first acknowledging Him as Lord and Savior. Amen. Asking Him into your life, into your heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. Confessing Him out your mouth as your Lord and Savior. Amen. I'm asking you today to receive Him as Lord. Amen. Just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Do something glorious with me. 
I believe in you, I trust in you, and I believe that you can do glorious things in and through me. So, Lord, I submit myself to you, I receive you, and I acknowledge you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you've done that for the first time, amen, it's just a simple prayer. But if you've done that for the first time, email us. Let us know. Praise God. Let us know somehow. Amen. What's going on in your life? Amen. We'd love to hear from you. All right. We call you all blessed. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.